Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Again, we're in 2023. This is, uh, I think this is episode two of 2023. So we're uh, we're already in February. So we only had one in, in January. Um, you'll notice that we do have the sermons now attached to the podcast feed, which that was for uh, a couple of reasons. First of all, it's always great to go back and listen to sermons. Second of all, um, we are going to be doing uh, a, a, a podcast with Brett next week about relationships, which is what our series is on. Mike, I don't know uh, if you you know attend our church because you have your own church that you're preaching at. Mike Baker's back, by the way, everybody. Hey, yes. hey well, it's long me. It six months since you've been on here? Uh, I don't know. Long enough for me to grow a beard. That's true, yeah. Well, they don't know. They can't see you, but you might hear it scratching maybe. Against yeah, the mic. I just wanted you to mention that it looks amazing. So. Oh, Mike has an amazing looking beard. Garrett Aww, Ward thanks. is here and does not have an amazing looking beard, but looks yes, amazing yes, all the thank same. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So next week I'm going to be doing a podcast with Brett and we're going to talk about relationships. He's going to um, include it in that. And uh, Garrett, you're going to be also included in this in the future as well. I talked to you yesterday. We're going to do some podcast episodes about some uh, scripture that is often taken out of context and then put them into context, what they actually are talking about. So Brett next week is going to talk about Matthew 18 and, uh, and what the context of it is and, um, you know, he's going to talk about that a little bit. And then uh, I think we're going to have, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. We're going to have, mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you, things like that. Um, that can often be taken out of context and put them into context. So, Garrett, I think you, did you pick one already? Uh, yeah, do not judge, least, lest you be judged. Yes. So, so gonna Garrett's going to do that one. Do that one and, uh, come back I think, for that. I think we'll try to do that one soon, too. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, come back for that. Uh, yeah, so the sermons are now on the podcast feed. You can check those out. They're on the Spring Hills app. You can get to the podcast through that. If you uh, didn't already know that, if you listen through Spotify or the podcast app, um, you can do that. So today, Mike and Garrett are here. We're going to talk about the four Gospels. I started uh, having a conversation the other day with someone, and they asked, why are there four Gospels? Um, and that simple question was why I was like, we should do a podcast on this. So I had it in my notes. I asked Mike to be on the podcast. He said, what are we going to talk about? I said, the four gospel or the gospels, the gospel. I said the yeah. gospels, and uh, you said you mean the gospel or all of the gospels. <laughs> so we are going to talk about yeah. f- all four of them: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, which are the first four books of the New Testament. They all have an account of Jesus' life, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, first broad question: Why is there four of them? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I would just kind of clarify again. Yeah, when we say the four Gospels in uh, the New Testament. Uh, they're the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and then according to, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, who, whoever kind of compiled the information and put it together. And it was interesting when I was kind of looking at this, uh, and uh, they were saying that, you know, basically uh, these writers and the disciples kind of created the the genre of Gospel because it didn't really fall into like a biography or a a history or, or a letter or whatever, so that they they put this together and, and they called it Gospels. I mean, that's kind of the form of, of their writing that actually kind of originated from that. And, of course, it's unique because we don't do that anymore. We don't write about the, the gospel, gospel of Mike. Mike Baker, you know. And Please, we, no. <laughs> but it's, oh, so, okay, so, so, so it's unique to Jesus Christ because the gospel meaning good news, right? Yeah. And so Jesus was the one who brought this good news, and the disciples were, were talking about it. Um, what does gospel mean? The, basically that, good news. You know, it's bringing, bringing the good news, the message of good news. Um, in the Greek, it is... Yeah, you got yeah. it. The, the, the <laughs> you don't know the Greek? The, Man, we, Brett would know the no, Greek. I, Brett would know the Greek for sure. Uh, yeah, the the uh, 
Uh, I don't know. We can we can cut this out or whatever. We don't need to cut this out. <laughs> I love keeping this. <laughs> uh, no, the the Greek word engalion, or, or I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But, I don't know uh, how many Greek listeners we have, so that's we're probably the, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Greek word for you know good news, the message. Um, so yeah, again, the, the, so so these guys are, are inspired by by God to to write down the the, the life of Jesus and. Uh, what they thought was important to that, and not only the the physical manifestation of who Jesus was, but also the theological implications as far as what what that means as well. So it's not just a, a biography. There there's theological uh, concepts within it. Yeah, yeah. So so each of the gospels tells the story of Jesus' life and the the. Um, the work of salvation that he brought. So it, it talks about his miracles and his teaching and then his death and resurrection. And from four different perspectives um, uh, brought together, you'd kind of ask like, where did they come from? Right? So, um, so this is eyewitness accounts. These are people who spent time with Jesus or people who spent time with the people who spent time with Jesus, <laughs> right? So Matthew and John were uh, disciples. Um, Mark spent time around um, the, the um, group that was with Jesus and also got a lot of his information from Peter. And, uh, and Luke was a follower who, he actually starts off his gospel. I was going to read this because mm-hmm. um, he starts off the the book of Luke, and he says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those uh, who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus. So he's writing this to somebody, and he's saying... Uh, uh, so that, verse 4 of Luke 1, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. Mm. And then he starts off with the birth of, uh, of John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus. So he says, uh, look, I wasn't an eyewitness to all of these things, but uh, I've done done the research. I've, I've collected talked. eyewitness testimonies. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and all four of these, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were all written within... 10, 20, 30, 40 years of Jesus's life and death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So this was all within the generation that Jesus had done these things. These things are all being uh, being written down so that everybody can hear what exactly happened mm-hmm. with Jesus. Right. And then John, too, has that in his gospel as well. In John 20, 30, and 31, you know, he writes, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, Again, like Mike was saying, John was being was one of the twelve, and it was actually in when in the inner three of of uh, with Jesus. And so, um, not only are all these signs you know are that he wrote down are, are recorded, but there's of course many other things that that could have been written, written down. But John says, but these you know specific ones that he wrote down uh, are that uh, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. And that's what we're emphasizing actually here at the Spring Hill School through the chapel is, is all of these signs and miracles are for us to, to take in, to believe, and to show that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Um, so that's, yeah, that's the purpose of them, them writing it, writing it down. There's, um, a, there's some really cool stuff that talks about like who the, who the primary audience is for them. So like Matthew is primarily, uh, written for Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mark written primarily for the, the Gentile Christians, um, Luke written primarily for the, the, this says, this says Gentile believers also, um, mm-hmm. like the Greek audience. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it, it explains a lot of the Jewish customs and, and stuff like that. Yep. So, and then John emphasizing that, that Jesus is the son of God. So it's including more of the revelation, more of Jesus revelations about himself, um, than the other gospels do, but it's really fun to, to look through and, and find some of the differences between the gospels. But let's ask the question, why not just put this all into one? Mm-hmm. Why, why did we, why do, did God give us four? Why not mm-hmm. just do it all at once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you can say, I mean, it's it's definitely more reliable with with four sources rather than one. If you do, if we just had one source, of course, people would be skeptical skeptical of that just one source and and ask, you know, why is there only one source? Yeah. You know, and and they and they all just you know, this is only this, the one message that they have. And so even the even the testimony of Scripture says, you know, you you need to have two or three witnesses to verify something. You know, it talks about that in the Old Testament. Um, and so, you know, God, you know, upholding, of course, you know, his word and his truth, having multiple sources for us to, um, to explain who Jesus is and, and his purpose uh, only fits with, you know, having multiple accounts and uh, backing that up, uh, you know, with, with, with his truth. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you wind up with such a, a great three-dimensional picture as you see things from different sides, too. You know, if, if you were thinking... Um, uh, about somebody writing the story of your life. Um, if they knew you as a coworker, they would write the story of your life from that perspective, right? And they would see you in those contexts. If they knew you as their, this is my son and I'm writing a, the story of his life, they it would probably focus on maybe more early years and seeing you from that perspective. And so the as we see the same event from different sides, different of us see different things. And so it's neat to go through the gospels and see like, uh, like you were talking about, Luke really focuses a lot on the humanity of Christ. And you see Jesus over and over and over again. He's going to the outcast. Mm-hmm. He's going out to, um, to the people that nobody cares about because, because his heart's broken for them and he, and he wants to, to reach them. And that's the conflict that he's having with the religious yeah. leaders. Uh, right. And John has this, this kind of regal view of, of Jesus as God and, and these incredible I am statements and stuff. Well, both of those are hundred percent true. Um, but if you just had one of them, you'd be missing some of the rest of the context. And so, uh, like I said, it's, it becomes three dimensional as you get different angles looking at the same event. So it's really neat to be able to read through. And like you said, read and see Jesus from different eyes, um, you can almost put yourself in the in the shoes of people who were there with Jesus, mm-hmm. who are seeing him do these things, and and you kind of get that wonder again at like, oh, I can't believe he said that, right. or this miracle, or this teaching, like this is incredible. So reading the Gospels is is really a neat way that you were were able to be ushered back into and kind of walk with Jesus. That, yeah, that way. It also, I think, it also really is cool to see you can you can definitely see the personalities of the authors come out yeah. through the mm-hmm. writing and like. Mm-hmm. First of all, for Matthew and John to have been followers of Jesus and yep. be there for for so much of it, and then 
uh, Mark and Luke with their own um, their own stories on all that. But I was just thinking, like with John, there's only seven miracles that he talks about, and it's mentioned that there are so many more that you know the mm-hmm. books wouldn't be able to fill, uh, or there wouldn't be room for the. I forget how that passage goes, but it's just there's so many miracles that he could be talking about. But why did he pick these seven? Why are these the ones that he picked? And you can kind of work through how John's personality works into how he ends up uh, putting those. But yep. uh, Mike, you've been talking about a couple times that there are there's 12 followers. Mm-hmm. We get two Gospels written by two of the followers. The other mm-hmm. 10, I don't know if any of them were writing things down. Not sure what their, uh, their deal was with that. At a different calling. Different yeah. calling. Not all of them <laughs> were going to be called to, to write out. Um, but there's got to be more people that were writing stuff down about what was happening. So the question is, why would we not get more than four? Right. Yeah, so there are other Gospels out there that call themselves Gospels about Jesus. Um, so what wound up happening was there's kind of a movement within uh, within Greek philosophy and religious society that trickles over into Christianity in the 100s, 200s, 300s AD uh, after Jesus that is called the Gnostic movement. And um, the Gnostic idea is there is hidden knowledge and your way of salvation is is accessing this hidden knowledge. And so what the Christian Gnostics do, and I put Christian in quotes here because they, they weren't really following the Bible, they said, oh, well, there was secret knowledge and secret teaching of Jesus. And so we're going to write down some gospels that contain the secret teachings Mm. of Jesus. But this, remember, this is a couple hundred years, 300 years after Jesus was alive. So what they did was they took the names of other disciples and said, this is the gospel of Philip. So there's the gospel of Philip out there. There's the gospel of of Thomas out there. There's the gospel of the truth. There's the gospel of Mary. Uh, there's the gospel of Peter. Um, it made big news about 15 years ago. They they discovered the gospel of Judas, Ooh. and um, and Judas actually, according to the gospel of Judas, he was the one who had the secret knowledge of Jesus, and oh. he, these were the secret conversations he and Jesus were having and stuff. And this is all stuff that was made up a couple hundred years later, and they just took the names of disciples to try to to add some uh, some gravitas yeah. to it, right? Mm-hmm. To add some legitimacy, but uh, but throughout history, um, the church and and the followers of Jesus and the early pastors and and teachers and stuff recognized these are the four, the four that we have. These are the four that were written by eyewitnesses that have the truth that are legitimate. And there's a lot of other stuff. Origen in, in the 200s um, said the church has four gospels. The heretics have many more. Mm. So there's, like you said, there's lots of people writing down lots of things, um, especially after the fact. But, um, but the ones that verified true, everybody agrees, this really was what happened are the four that we have today. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. I mean, I, I just, just affirm that, yeah, I mean, in the, in the, the first century church when it was born and, and those early church fathers, again, were, were very sensitive to, yeah, heresy and, and the Gnostic movement and uh, were writing against it and um, didn't accept those, those other gospels or, yeah, they didn't come around until, until later. Um, and so they had the, uh, the, the sources and the scriptures that they had um, 
was was there was their canon, and then it was it was you know compiled together and solidified you know at, at these uh, uh, the the councils uh, and meetings of, of the church church leaders you know years ago. But they just affirmed the scripture that was already there with them uh, you know from the first century. And then again, we can see and and do you know the the evidence of, of when the actual four gospels that we have were written. And there's evidence of, of why we can date those mm. to the first century within, like Mike was saying, you know, 30, 40 years of, of the resurrection and the birth of the church. And then, yeah, these, these other gospels, there's no, there's no evidence in, in dating, you know, back, back that, that early. And there's nothing know. to refute anything that has been, been said in the gospels. Right. It's all, yeah, like you said, all verified and um, yeah. And, in fact, I'll I'll jump in on that. I always find it interesting when when you're doing archaeological work and you find more and more things that say, "Oh, you really can trust the Bible." So here's two things that are really interesting about the Gospels. If you think about, if you were writing a story or making up a story about something that that you weren't there to actually see, mm-hmm. you're going to be really uh, vague on details. Right. right. So if I if I'm writing about, you know, what was going on um, in England around the time of the Revolutionary War, uh, I most of my stuff's probably going to happen in London, even though your beard right? looks very I, it looks like I would have a lot of wisdom. I would stroke the beard and have <laughs> wisdom. But no, like things are going to happen in London, maybe in Canterbury or like somewhere <laughs> else that I've heard of. But but um, so. Geographical locations in the Gospels, there are 27 different cities and towns mentioned in the Gospels. Some of them big and some of them really, really small. You don't get those kinds of details if you weren't actually there. Because what they found over history is of the 27 that are mentioned in the Gospels, 22 of the 27 are mentioned in other sources too as being, or they found them or whatever. Uh, and some of them are tiny, you know, they mentioned Cana is where the first, the first the miracle wedding. happened. Right. And, um, Bethany is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus live. Well, Bethany is just right next to, uh, Jerusalem. It's like seeing Catani rather than Roner Park. It's like yeah. right there next to it. Or Fulton rather than Santa Rosa. Exactly. You might as well just say Jerusalem. You might as well just say, uh, the the big city right. that everybody knows, except they were actually there and they actually saw it. Another one, so um, so in the Gnostic Gospels that we were talking about that were written later, they have like no geographical mm. locations that are mentioned. There, There's two. There's Judea and there's Jerusalem, and that is it. They have no details at all because it was written hundreds of years later. They didn't know. Another one is uh, is the names. So now archaeologists are going through Israel and they're digging up tombs and finding all these tombstones. So they know here are the names in Israel in the first century. These are the most common names. And they list out the names and it's exactly who you see in the Gospels. Simon is the number one name. Um, But Joseph, Lazarus, Judah, John, and Joshua are Jesus. Those are the most 
common so names Garrett that they find. Garrett is not in there. No Garrett Bummer. with one R or two. Or two wow. R's. Yeah, none of them. No Mikes. And is John J-O-H-N or is it J-O-N? It's like Yohanan. <laughs> <laughs> right, but and, and for women, the most popular names uh, are Mary, Mary and, and Salome. And you oh, see, I was, okay. And you see multiple, but like I would never name somebody Salome, right? Like I oh. didn't know. And what you see in the gospel, like the Gospel of of uh, Judas, for instance, it's written several hundred years later. They're introducing other names like Galila and Sophia and these Greek names that they haven't found any of them Evidence in, or, yeah, yeah it, that were in Israel in that time. So, mm-hmm. so even as they do archaeology and they find these geographical locations, these names, what they're finding is, wow, these gospels are full of details that only, you couldn't fake these yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Only an eyewitness would actually write down with this level know of detail. Know that they were in Bethany when this happened. Exactly. Or know that the wedding was in Cana when he turned water into water. Exactly. Yeah. Instead and, of just saying it's the big city that they're right next to. Right. I mean, and it, it's easier for storytelling to make everything happen in two places sure. anyway. Like, wh- why go to Bethesda and Chorazin and Capernaum? Just make it all happen in Capernaum. It's going to be less confusing for the reader and all that stuff. Yeah, except Jesus was actually in these other tiny little towns, and so we'll mention the other ones too because that's where he really was. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and also to add, I mean, another point, as far as how we know, you know, the, the gospel that we have in our Bible, our eyewitness accounts, you know, people look at, you know, how can we know that it's actually, you know, eyewitness testimony and, and not only out yeah, the details, but again, uh, they're not copying each other. It's not like they came together and said, you know, we're going to collude on, on this message and, and we're all going to have everything the same and, and say it exactly the same. So people will, will believe it. You know, again, mm-hmm. there, there are different eyewitness testimonies from a different perspective and that gives credence and reliability to the fact that, yeah, they are writing from their own personal view and, and they're not, you know, colluding with someone else and, mm-hmm. and trying to make up this story. So again, from different perspectives, it, it's showing that those eye, eyewitness, you know, accounts are actually true because that's what we, we normally see. Yeah, when when uh, when the police are questioning people, they get them in different rooms and then they want to see, like... What matches. Are, mm-hmm. you, are you repeating the same general ideas but with different details or are you saying the exact same things word for word if you're saying the exact same things word for word just like garrett said well then you colluded ahead of time Mm -hmm. and you came up with your story right but if you really legitimately saw it from your own perspective so you're saying the same thing but you saw it a little different or say it a little different that shows that no this actually really did happen like this so the gospels uh, uphold that. Well, so I mentioned this earlier before we started recording here that there's a couple of things that seem like they're contradictions mm-hmm. um, when really it's like you really just looked at it. And let's say me and you look back at the very first time we ever did a podcast together. We might come up with two totally different things like where where do you, where, where do you think we were sitting when we did the first podcast you ever did with me? Ooh. Golly, were we in here or were we out on the stage? Well, it's the fact that you don't know makes me go. Makes me go. I'm not sure then either because <laughs> I would have sworn we were out there, right? But there could have been if you're telling I think the story. We might have, we might have been, been in here in the here first time first you did and it, and then out and then, there. yeah. So I don't know. Point being, that doesn't change the fact that you were on the podcast, right? With you know what I mean. So um, the withering of the fig tree was one that that. Uh, that I wrote down here. In Mark, Jesus curses it and it withers the next day. Mm-hmm. But in Matthew, when Jesus curses it, it withers right then and there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, that's not a contradiction. That's just, we're talking about two different 
eyewitnesses going, that's how it was. So yeah. what's the, what what can we learn from those kinds of things? Because yeah. I've wrote out a few other two, but we don't need to go over all these. Yeah. So so the um, the way an Eastern storyteller deals with time is different. So um, so Luke, like I read the beginning of Luke. Luke says, "I want to give you an eyewitness. Like I've compiled all the details, and I'm going to give you a chronological eyewitness account of what happened with Jesus." The other three Gospels aren't promising that. In fact, John, for sure, like, John isn't telling anything in chronological order. We, with our Western mind, we think, well, first this, then this, then this, then this, and here were the specific time lapses in between. But um, but for an Eastern mind, it's much more important to get the concept across, and and sometimes you'll, you'll tell these three stories together because they really build on each other, and then you'll wind up jumping back a month or, or jumping ahead a couple days or, or whatever. And that isn't like lying in the story. You're just telling the story in a way where time isn't the most important thing for us in the West. The message time is the most, is the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The message is the most important. So, so Luke is the most chronological of the gospels. John isn't a chronological gospel at all. It, it bounces. He all Tarantino's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Christian, so I don't know who that is. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> now maybe I need to cut that out. <laughs> but um, yeah, you said you'll edit this afterwards, right? No. Uh, but I ed- don't ever edit. Like I don't like to cut stuff out of these. I like that kind of stuff. That That's good because it's, it's it's what happened. Absolutely, yeah. We're just sitting and having a conversation. I do but, have to. I have to edit out when you like curse like crazy. I always have to cut those out. So. That's why my podcasts yeah. are so short. That's exactly yeah. right. There's like three, four minutes of just Mike just <laughs> bad language. Yeah, no, you know how it is. That's not a worth joke. keeping the beeps in. You that's just, gotta, just a joke. <laughs> just a joke. So funny. I know. Garrett Thank with you. one R. Thank you. So funny. Yeah. Garrett, you want to add anything to that with the the way that the story might be a little bit? Yeah, I mean, different. I just emphasize. Yeah, and and already, yeah. Um, uh, just to reemphasize that, that that um, yeah, what Mike is saying is true. Yeah, the the way that they. Um, wrote uh it, it was it was different and and they could they could put uh, things in different uh time and and to get the the message uh to met the message through so again yeah we can't get too caught up on like when exactly did this happen or how many times did this happen and things like that so yeah um, um there's so i mentioned earlier there's four different presentations of jesus throughout these these. Uh, so Matthew being the promised Messiah, Mark being the suffering servant, Luke the son of man, John the son of God. Um, what? Why are those the things? What? What's the evidence of each of one of those gospels as to why those are the things that are being presented? That makes sense. Uh, kind of. You're saying internally, what is it? Yeah, inside? like what is it about Matthew that makes it the gospel that's presenting Jesus as the promised Messiah? What is it about Mark that yeah. is presenting Jesus as the suffering servant? What I'll is take it about Matthew because that's easy. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matthew, that's again, what I was he's, thinking. He's I want to jump in on Matthew. <laughs> he's speaking to the Jewish audience and, and he's referencing the Old Testament like all just the all the time. I don't yep. know exactly how many specific uh, prophecies he's talking about and, and then the Old Testament um, references. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely speaking to uh, the Jewish people who... Um, you know, who know the Old Testament scripture and want and trying to convince them and show them that that he Jesus is the, is the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, and of course the uh, the Messiah to everyone, of course, but first to the Jews and then to to everybody else. And so that's specifically uh, Matthew's target audience. And of course, it doesn't mean that we 
as non-Jews can't get anything out of it and can't understand uh, what uh, what uh, Matthew was saying. But of course, you know, he's just really emphasizing uh, the the Jewish audience and um, the the fact that Jesus is the, is that promised Messiah. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, like like we said with 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 Mark, it's just a little bit more more general. The 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 uh, general Gentile audience, uh, him talking about more of Jesus as uh, you know the suffering servant, and um, you know giving his and he's gi- still giving his life. Mark still includes some of the Old Testament yeah, prophecies yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that he doesn't neglect some of that stuff and and includes it, um, but it's not his specific pur- uh, purpose. But again, just to show who Jesus is as um, the one, the one who would come to to give his life um, and not be served, but uh, uh, to serve. So yep. That's just a main theme that we see all throughout Mark that, mm. he, that he emphasizes. So then Luke, Luke and John, Luke, the son of man, John, the son of God. Mm-hmm. You want to jump in on those? Yeah, I talked a little bit about that earlier, just the yeah. idea that um, John is really to his Jewish audience wanting them to see like this was God in human form. Yeah. Um, and Luke to to the Greek audience is wanting them to understand this was a God in human form yeah right so it's it's just that slight different emphasis but um but i also want to say sometimes i think these distinctions uh, we can fall in love with them a little bit from a theological perspective like uh like it's this big difference or whatever um if you read through the gospels all four of the gospels present the same thing the same thing, and and you see who Jesus is well through them. It isn't like it's one hundred percent this way or that way, but mm-hmm. but there are d- those different focuses, personalities that come out. I love about Luke. So you know, Luke's a doctor, mm-hmm. and you see all these little things in there, like doctor things matter to Luke. Luke's like, oh yeah, um, Jesus. That's it's in Luke where Jesus says, um, I didn't come to to for the the well people. I came to be the doctor for the sick people, right? And Luke's like, I'm I'm adding that one. Or yeah. I'm not adding. I'm putting that, that one in. That like of going all in. the ones that I've heard that Jesus said, that one's an important one. Or um, or when they said, you know, physician heal thyself, right? Like Luke's the one that recorded that. He's talking specifically about, you know, this woman had this flow of blood for 12 years and she'd spent all of her money on a physician to try to heal her and hadn't been healed and all of that stuff. That's she Luke. She touches Jesus' garments and... Exactly. Bam. Luke's the one who's like, let me let me make sure you understand a little bit more about the, the medical side of this the medical problem. side. And and um Jesus is sweating like drops of blood. That's Luke who's talking about like this is the strain that his body was under. So again, son of man, this was his physical body being uh being in this position. Yeah. And I can understand as a physician what kind of strain the body was under as the human uh, going through this, right. so so yeah, you get those those different things. But again, like I said, it isn't it isn't like um, you read Matthew and you read Luke and you're like, whoa, this is totally different. You're like, no, it's ninety ninety five percent the same. It's just a slightly different angle on it, a slightly yeah. different light being shed on it, which just helps you understand Jesus a little bit more. And that that for me is the big takeaway. Anytime we're talking about something like this, is um, we have the opportunity 
to, to read and understand and fall in love with what Jesus did all over again every time we open up the Gospels. That's, that's such an incredible gift that I think often we take for granted. You know, here you get to see how Jesus responds in these different things as, as we want to respond the way God wants us to. We want to understand and love people the way God wants us to. Here we have story after story after story, example after example of how Jesus did exactly that. Um, so I'm, I'm always just challenged, even just in this conversation, I'm thinking, uh, I haven't, I haven't spent enough time in the gospels recently. I want to, I want to read a little bit more. I noticed that you had, you saw that I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do it in the Greek too. Cause that's what Brett would do. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 Brush up on the Greek. (laughs) Yeah. And then too, I mean, I just, uh, uh, say that John, uh, the Gospel of John is is unique a little bit in the sense of it's it's different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It uh, seems to stand on its own. Yeah, yeah I mean from... they, they they call Matthew, Mark, and Luke the Synoptic Gospels, mm-hmm. which it means like they're similar styles. You know, they're kind of communicating the same thing in the same way. But then the Gospel of John, you know, is really uh, again, yeah, emphasizing Jesus as uh, God. And his his uh, deity, and so in John you have all the I am statements and more theological, and, and Jesus's teaching, and maybe more of the teaching that was more personal to the disciples, and and things like that, and and so again there 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 could have been a di- uh, uh, specific purpose for that for two for John, um, you know they say that John w- was was maybe written of course later than than those first mm-hmm. three, and and so he was really emphasizing yeah no Jesus is God. You know the heresy going going around that you know when even how um, John so. chooses to start the book of John right is almost like it's so much it's so epic the way that he yeah. he's just I'm gonna I'm not just gonna start with Jesus being born I'm gonna go back to the very in beginning, the beginning. Right. right and right. in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God uh, he was in the beginning with God and I think that's right. I mean, that's I, I obviously everything you can point to the Bible. There's such huge importance, but I think that's always really cool to mm. see that that's what John chose to do there at the beginning of, of the Gospels. Yeah, and it's interesting, Earth like you gospel. pointed out, Garrett, with um, with the timing there. Which one so, of us? Um, the, the smart the two ones. ones. <laughs> um, with the timing of the, the writing of John. So you've got the first three Gospels are already there and already being circulated. And right. so we have, when, when John uh, is sitting down to write his, he's like, we don't need yet another like, First, uh, first he was born, and here's John the Baptist, and here's all of that. Like, we don't need it to be told in that exact same way. We have three different great ways. I'm going to approach mine a little bit differently with kind of this theological, um, bigger perspective on what's going on in the world, and and the stories that I want to tell are the stories that that I remember really impacting me when when Jesus said or did these things, and and now you know they write down these things that are like the disciples didn't get it at the time. Yeah, you know Jesus Jesus told them tear down this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again, and. They didn't realize he was talking what? about his body. Yeah. They didn't realize he was talking about his death and resurrection until way after right. the fact. So. They're like, oh, that's what it meant. Right. And so, so as John's writing it down, he's like, here's these things that like I want to make sure people hear and remember. And uh, and I don't mm. need to do it the same way as the other three that are already out there. So I can kind of yeah. take a different approach. Yeah. Sweet guys. Well, uh, anything else you want to share about the gospels that you're you got on your mind before we take off today? Read them. Read them. Yeah. Read. In, in in any order, right? 
Any order, yeah. Any order. You know, sometimes you know we, we say uh, the the Gospel of John is, is for kind of the the new person, but again, I mean, it does it doesn't matter. I mean, you can you can start them wherever. Um, it is good just to to learn who Jesus is and yeah. and who he's all about. And I'll yeah, also I'll point there. I'll point to Got Questions again. gotquestions.org. There is a, a really cool if you just go up on the search bar and you you say questions about the gospels, it'll give you a whole list of questions about each one of them. And so if you're like, you've got a question about, um, if you've got a question about who the Pharisees are, it'll give you a really, really solid biblical mm-hmm. answer about who the Pharisees are, why they're so upset about Jesus and, and that whole situation. Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff on got questions. Got questions also has a podcast you can listen to, um, and they'll cover they, it's similar thing to this, the way that there's a question asked. Yeah, they focus not quite as good, you said. They don't, no, 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 no. They don't have near as many followers as we know. <laughs> right. No, they do. They a don't gr- have to edit theirs. They do. <laughs> they do a great job with. Uh, they, they'll do short episodes too. Like there'll be one question, and they'll talk through one question, and it'll be a short, short episode, which is cool. Nice. So, great um, resource. Yeah. Great resource. Yeah, got questions. I've never found anything in there that I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, it's um, solid. They seemed, and if you look at the list of people that are involved in it, it is like a huge list of very, uh, of a lot of a lot of people with a lot of experience and a lot of yep. education, and they all check each other's stuff. So it's not like there's just somebody you know freelancing something. Right. It's all like you know being checked by scripture by multiple people. So it's really yep. cool. Um, yeah. And the next week we're gonna do a couple of those episodes where we're gonna talk about some different passages and we're gonna put them into context. And uh, and dig into those passages with uh, Brett, um, Garrett Ward, John, and uh, we're gonna hopefully get. I my goal is to do maybe like, start with maybe like six of them and then and put those out you know throughout the six weeks. Um, hopefully it's able to happen. Uh, sometimes the scheduling is a little harder with that, but we'll try to we'll try to aim for that. All right, Mike, thank you for coming back down. Appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. After so long, nice beard. Thank uh, you. Appreciate Great the beard you, not scratching on the mic, Mike. Uh, and then Garrett, thanks for being here as well. I always love it. Yeah, good stuff. The leading podcast guest, yes, number wise wow. is Garrett Ward. Number now. one, huh? And who's the number top one, guest? Uh, was it? Oh, Mike? that's not Spring Hill. Spring Hill staff. Spring Hill staff. It, it would be Mike. See, you've been me? on the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim Swaney's been on once. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul Ortlinghouse, I think, has maybe been on twice. Uh huh. Um, I can't think of who else I've brought in off the top of my head from outside staff. Uh, I've got a lot of guests. A lot of people have come in, um, like the worship team and stuff too. But outside of Spring Hill, but he's the top multiple, you know, returner. I think you you've know? done what five return or six, man. five or six. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I don't All right, even guys. remember, as you already <laughs> pointed out, so many of them. All right, th- <laughs> thanks, guys, for being here. Appreciate it.